This is the Unity Community of Central Oregon podcast. That was a fun game, two, two, two truths and a lie, whenever we play that and you find, you have to, which one of these could be a lie, right? <laughs> whenever we've played that. But today I'm talking about it in terms of beliefs that we have. So one of those beliefs is a lie. Life, love, lack. It's obvious, isn't it, out of those three? Lack is the lie, but it seems so real. Sometimes we think about lack as we don't have enough stuff, we don't have enough food, we don't have enough love. In my case, I don't have my notes for this talk. I left them at home. (laughs) The truth is, if you know me, if I bring notes, I set them down and then forget to look at them. But still, It it would have been nice. I took a lot of time writing down all these notes and ideas that I had. So, am I lacking? No, I'm not lacking because I am not something outside of me. We, We have this consumer idea in our culture that there's something outside of us that is going to make us well. It's going to be some medicine, it's going to be uh, some pumpkin pie, it's gonna be a new outfit, it's gonna be a boyfriend, whatever it might be. It's out there on the metaphysical shelves of Costco and all we have to do is go out there and get it and bring it home and we'll be good. But that's not true. What is out there is an illusion. Now, on the physical plane, let me make this really clear. On the physical plane, these bodies appear to be quite real. The food that we need, that we put in our mouth, is quite real. Our conditions of health, the the number of people sitting in our homes with us, all of that is real on the physical plane. And so, if I say to you it's an illusion, and you're, and you're, well, this doesn't feel very elusive. <laughs> it feels very solid. And yet, what the, the quantum scientists tell us is that you get those big microscopes that they have, and you look inside, and for those of you who are my age, we learned all about the atom and the parts of the atom, and now we're into quarks and you know, all these, all these things that who knows what they are. <laughs> they're, they're, unless you've really stayed up on quantum science. But the point is, the closer you look, the less you see. 
because everything that we think is solid is not solid. It's all energy. And where does this energy come from? It is. We talked previously about the Big Bang and how there's just this bursting forth of isness into the world, into the whole cosmos. And what is that isness? It's life, it's love. We think of them differently because we experience them in different ways. And yet, life, love, I, I mean, I just think that that's all one, energetically. The creative force just explodes with life and love into form where we get to experience it. So when we have experiences that appear to be lacking, the way to handle this is not on the physical plane. Albert Einstein says, you can't solve a problem on the level it was created. You have to move into a different dimension of thinking. You have to take yourself from the seeming real to the truly real. And this is where life and love are the reigning powers. They're not the only powers but there are two that are prominent. Charles Fillmore talked about the 12 powers. This was something he learned from Emma Curtis Hopkins, who was the teacher of teachers back in the New Thought days when that was all coming up. And these are powers that are innate to existence, that we can tap into at any moment. One of them is wisdom. So standing here without my notes, wisdom is handy. <laughs> but we all have that. When, when you think about, oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I, I don't know what to do. Eh, that's illusion. Tune in to the truth of you. And the wisdom is right there in all its fullness. We are a walking cornucopia of power. We are life and love incarnate. In unity, we teach technologies that allow us to step from that place of lack and illusion into our full power. One of them is meditation. And there, there are many ways to meditate, but when I say the word meditation, I don't know how it is for you, but even though I've taught the class numerous times on all these ways to meditate, I don't feel like I'm great at meditating. <laughs> You know, it's like, yeah, I do know how to do it. I should do it more. I hear these people who have these 
awesome cosmic meditations and I compare myself and there I am in the world of lack, thinking there's something wrong with me. How can I get up here and teach anything if I'm not superb at that? Well, I'm doing it. You're listening. <laughs> it's, you know, it's something that is ongoing. It's, it's called a meditation practice because we practice at it. And some of us have that gift more honed than others. But the point of meditation and why we teach it is because it's a time of listening and remembering. When we stop telling the all about our problems and our ideas of how it should be, does anybody else have, if you ruled the world, how it would go? <laughs> anybody got a fantasy on that one? <laughs> I have so many. I remember when my daughter was in um, middle school or high school, we'd be walking down the street, and she had this concept of her own private utopia and how it was going to be and who would be allowed in and who would not be allowed in. And she would go on and on and on about this. And it's like, yeah, isn't that a bad idea? <laughs> I, I have some ideas for this world. <laughs> but. I don't even know why I told you that. <laughs> it clearly wasn't in my notes. <laughs> Meditation, right. This is the time when we stop telling the all how it should be. And we shut up and listen. And we see if there's anything that might come to us. One of the lovely places to meditate is in the shower. Because there's something about the, you know how when you go to the ocean and you get those electrolytes that are coming off the ocean waves? It's the same thing in the shower. You're getting all that water on you. And don't you get some of your best ideas there? And if you don't, you're, you're not taking a long enough shower. <laughs> but, but just being in that space and allowing something new to come to you. It's very, very powerful. The other technology we teach is prayer. And I was thinking today, you know, maybe, maybe we need to revise the word. We're, we're, in this, we're in this really uncomfortable space where we're coming from traditions that worked for us once and no longer do, and we're creating something new, and some of it is great, and we've got it, and some of it is... You know what I mean? <laughs> and so as we do this, we don't always get it right. And then we don't know what to do. And we're, we're, we're likely to be in the illusion. And one of these things is with prayer. Because prayer is an old-fashioned, churchy word. And built into the word prayer is a God outside of us. Now, we talk every week, we remind you, 
Okay, prayer claims, we are claiming, we're not entreating. But there's something about the word that makes us go back to entreating. So maybe we should just change it. It's really about aligning. This is our aligning practice. What if we start calling it that? What do you think? Good idea, thumbs down, thumbs up. (laughs) Because that's what we're doing, we're aligning. We're aligning with the truth. The truth of who we really are, life and love, pure wisdom, order, all these powers that exist, it just is. They're on tap. Anytime we choose to step from lack and illusion into truth, they are available to us. So in our aligning practice, we identify with what is true. We always start out with what is not true, lack. It is technically possible to align without having a problem. We can align with gratitude. We can just align with, I love myself. And when we have a problem, when illusion and lack rear their elusive heads, that's when we want something outside of us to come to the rescue, right? What am I going to do? You know, it's just outside of us. It feels so far away. And, and we want to bring it close. And so we want to get down on our knees if they weren't 40 years old or older <laughs> and pray to something, save me. But that doesn't work. Instead, we go into alignment with the truth of who we are. The truth that we are whole, holy, wise. We are the incarnation of wisdom. We are the beating heart of the cosmos, love incarnate. We are not lacking. When we get into that place of alignment, miracles can happen. But they don't always happen in our time frame. They don't always happen exactly as we placed the order. (laughs) But when they are in alignment with our truth, they have to happen because they're never not true. I'll give you an example. I have one of my daughters decided that her sister is not a good person for her to be around. And this has caused tremendous heartache in my family. I come from a family of 
eight kids, and so there was, you know, around the table, there was always a big gathering just because it was us. We might have been arguing with each other, we probably were, but it still was, was a big gathering. And that's what feels right to me. And so I've had to adapt to that and have, okay, this Christmas is over here, and this Christmas is over there, and it just, you know, it's not the way I would prefer. I have these children that I've given birth to, that I've raised, that I love, who are not speaking to each other. And it's so hard. And I have done a lot of praying for that, and it felt outside of me. And one day, I had a dream or a meditation, or I don't even remember what it was, but I, I saw that they were just sitting together, just chatting about whatever. It wasn't, I didn't see a vision of this tearful, sobbing reunion where, you know, there was apologies and forgiveness and blah, blah, blah. I didn't see that. I just saw they're just hanging out, like a normal thing. And what I realized was, wow, that already is true. And, and when I think about faith, my faith needs to be in that. My faith needs to be in, they, there's no possibility of disharmony because they're both pure love. And love, love, love just goes together. And so in aligning, I have to practice that. I have to practice taking my attention off of the thing that is illusion, but seems so real and hurts so much. And face it, we're all a little addicted to drama, right? <laughs> and so it's kind of easier to go into the drama, but that's not the truth. We need to practice alignment. Sometimes there are situations that are so hard, like especially with health. We know people that are dealing with illness that are on the edge of death. And even though we have a belief that life goes on and death itself is an illusion, it is a most convincing one. And having illness, even though it's an illusion, it isn't truth, while we are in this virtual reality experience, it hurts. It hurts to have illness. It hurts to get treatment. It hurts to watch people we love suffer. It hurts to turn on the news and see the suffering in the world. And if we stay focused on the suffering and the hurt, we get stuck there in misery. But if we rise from that, if we align ourselves to the truth of wholeness, even though we don't have a clue 
how we could go from this yuck that is seemingly real to wholeness. We don't know how to make that happen. We just have to have faith in the truth. And we focus on the truth. And as we focus on that, sometimes what seems to us like a miracle happens. I have a dear friend whose daughter was a healthy young woman, maybe around 40, and she ate well, she was physically fit, a mom with a couple of kids. She was just having a great life. And she ended up having a situation, um, she was just experiencing some constipation that went on for a few days, and so she went to the doctor and got diagnosed with stage four colon cancer. And nobody saw that coming. And this was the onset of a whole series of things that she had to do. The cancer spread to her liver. She had to have chemo and surgeries and was not given much chance of survival. And many of us were in this alignment practice with her, seeing her as whole and holy, knowing that healing was possible, even though we didn't know how. Today, many surgeries and treatments later, she is cancer-free. It has been a long process. In the process of doing that, something that my friend didn't know if it was possible, this young woman found a connection to the spirit realm, the invisible realm, that she did not believe in. They, the mother and daughter couldn't have conversations about this kind of stuff because she didn't believe it at all. But today, she understands the power of our thoughts and that where we put our thoughts makes a huge difference in what we experience. Even her kids, who thought it was perfectly fine for her to wait on them all the time, have a different perspective after having their, life, their mother's life be in the balance. These are things that are, think of them as byproducts of the experiences that we go through in this field of illusion that we move through. As we go through it and we use spiritual principles, great things happen. We don't always get exactly what we were wanting. It could just as easily have happened that she died 
And there may be someone that you know that is in that situation, and there are no guarantees. The only guarantees are these principles. Life is, it's not conditional. Love is, it's not conditional. And if we are not experiencing life, if we are not experiencing love, we need to get into alignment with it. Alignment doesn't involve blaming ourselves. What's wrong with you? You didn't. Don't do that. We are here in this virtual reality exploring how much love and life can we download here? Can we do it in this circumstance? Can we do it in that circumstance? Because every time we do, every time we align, it's like love expands. We had this static idea of the cosmos that it's, well, okay, we can measure it. You didn't know science projects in grade school, right, with the atoms and the, and the cosmos, not the cosmos, the, the um, what do we call it then? The whole world, <laughs> you know, it was just with the, the planets all around, and that was the solar system, yes. And we thought that was all there was for a while. I mean, in fifth grade I did, that was, I wasn't paying more attention than that. And, and it just <laughs> keeps going out and out and out and out, and it's not static. It isn't just that we haven't traveled to the edges of it. The edges are moving. We, as incarnations of this cosmic power, are always expanding. And if we, if we squat down and say, I'm not moving, we are out of alignment with the force that creates all that is. I have this visual of my daughter at, I don't know, she was nine, maybe eight. We, we had just moved here to Bend, and the first, the first winter here, we had moved from Texas, the first winter here was the famous winter of 92 which, if you were here, it was Snowmageddon, the first one they'd had in 20 years. And so we're walking up Pilot Butte, and there she is in her little red boots, sitting on the side, refusing to go one step further. <laughs> and sometimes we're like that. We're sitting there in our little red boots, and we're saying, no! I'm not going to change, I'm not going to move, I won't, I won't, I won't. But squawk if you like to, it makes a good story, but it's ultimately you will move because you are creative movement here happening. And so it just makes it a little easier if you don't fight with it. <laughs> but you can if you want to. As we come together in spiritual community, 
we make it more possible for each other to align and to expand in love with ease. It's like we as a community, we're, we're creating this rising energy that is bigger than anything any one of us has any hope of doing on our own. I'm sure that everyone in this room is either currently or recently or maybe soon to be facing something that you don't like and you don't know what to do with, right? It's, it's how it works. But if we all hold the knowing that we are life, we are love, we are wisdom, everything is order in our lives. We hold all of that. We know it together. We create a field. We create a vibrational field and it's easier to tap into for everyone. Do you remember that book, uh, The 100th Monkey? How, ma how many of you have read that book? So it was a book basically about how these monkeys learned to wash their yams and on these islands. And, and then suddenly on these other islands where there was no one to teach them how to wash yams, they started washing yams. And I think the book has since been debunked as factual, but it was expressing a reality that is truth. That when ideas are accessed from truth and they are out there in the cosmos, they're easier for the, the others to access. It's a vibrational field. And a vibrational field is not something static. It's something that we feed with our energy. And then we are nourished by it. And so we're all together. So if, if I'm doing a crappy job of meditating, but you're doing a fantastic job, then it's easier for me because you have fed the field. If I'm sitting in front of a situation that I'm feeling hopeless about, that hope is in the field because all of you put it there and I get nourished by it. And this is the world that we are stepping into. As each one of us does our individual practices, as each one of us is changing our own lives by focusing on what is good and true, we together are creating this beautiful community, this new world that we've seen only in our dreams. 
is coming forth because we are doing it as a community. It's not something we can create all by ourselves. We need one another. We need one another. And I know there are other things that you could be doing on a Sunday morning. And yet, when you take the time and you bring yourselves and your big hearts and you come here, you are creating something energetically. And, and we know, we all feel it. We feel it here. And even for those of you who are watching online, because I know I've been the one watching online, we can feel there's something here. So I want to invite you to make this collective commitment to an alignment practice where we step away from the illusion and at the end of the service when there are alignment leaders standing up here <laughs> gonna have to print new forms and everything <laughs> changes it just isn't easy <laughs> And they're going to say, oh, there she goes again with her big mouth, and now we got to do this. <laughs> no, they're not going to do that. Nobody's like that here. <laughs> but, but when there, there are alignment leaders standing up here who have practiced this, I encourage you to come forward and ask them to help you step into alignment. Because it isn't easy for any of us. And we're not supposed to do it alone. So that's all I have to say about that. <laughs>